the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And Jesus said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then Jesus told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but not are, but not are rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. We have a stuff crisis. From the reality TV show Hoarders to the storage industry that stores all our extra stuff to Amazon Prime that delivers any stuff you need right to your door, sometimes the same day, to Marie Kondo, the organizational guru who helps people transform their stuff and transform their homes into places of serenity. There's a lot of good stuff in our readings today. The rich man in the gospel, the rich farmer, is consumed with stuff and securing a confident future. But we can raise a lot of questions from this gospel, the first one being, so what's so wrong with saving for retirement? We hear that most Americans are vastly unprepared for the future and can only live paycheck to paycheck. Well, stuff can be a pretty serious topic, and so I want to lighten things up at the beginning before we go heavier. The late comedian George Carlin was known for his profanity, but also for his powerful social satire. And I love his take on stuff. You got your stuff with you? I'll bet you do. Guys have stuff in their pockets. Some women have stuff in their purses. You gotta take care of your stuff. That's what life is all about, trying to find a place for your stuff. That's all your house is really, a place to keep your stuff. If you didn't have so much stuff, you wouldn't need a house. You could just walk around all the time. <laughs> That's all your house is, a pile of stuff with a cover on it, really. <laughs> now, sometimes you need to go on vacation, so you got to bring some of your stuff with you. You can't take all your stuff. 
Just the stuff you really like. The stuff that fits good for one month. You gotta take a smaller version of your stuff with you. Say you're going to Honolulu for two weeks. You gotta take two big bags of stuff. You gotta put your stuff away and you know that you're a long way from home and you don't quite feel 100% at home. But you know you must be okay because you have some of your stuff with you. Here's what I've been thinking about though the past week. It's not only the stuff that takes up space in our homes, but it takes up space inside. And more than that, there's all the information we take in, everything that we read online, everything we find out by social media, there's the 24-7 news cycle, and there's so much stuff in our heads. And today, some of that stuff is the shock or grief, the helplessness, the anger we feel at two mass shootings, and the hate that fills us. What is our worth as human beings? We talk about someone's net worth. But it's all numbers. Money, investments, real estate, does this stuff give us our value, our worth? Does this make life worthwhile? It's like the cartoon where a little boy is watching TV, that must be a couple decades ago, and says, I want one of those and that. The next frame is, I want that and that and that. The mother then says in the third frame, no more TV today see the little boy just staring at the blank screen and finally says, but how am I going to know what I want? When Jesus comes down so hard on the rich farmer, it's not simply that he's wealthy or that he's saving for the future, but that he's self-absorbed. And you can hear it in his little monologue. How often do we have a monologue in the Bible like this? The word I or me repeated over and over. Listen again, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods, laid up for many years, relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Lord knows we live in a self-absorbed age. I certainly know that in myself. We come and we say prayers now and then, maybe a prayer before a meal once in a while. Yet most of the time we consume and consume with little awareness or gratitude to the giver of all good things, with little acknowledgement of the workers who help grow our food or bring us other resources, with little concern for the ravaged earth, for creatures becoming extinct, and for the poorest of our siblings, often the ones who suffer the most even in these acts of violence. Usually for most of us, most of us it's all about me, 
my portfolio, my savings, my quality of life, my future. But here's another thing I struggle with in this text. Christianity is a materialistic religion. You see, we value the stuff of creation, the stuff of bodies, the stuff of earth. And many of our possessions actually hold deep memories and connections. They're not all bad. Our Sunday morning gathering today and every Lord's Day is a unique place to reflect not on the extraneous stuff in our lives, but the stuff of life, what makes life worth living. We need each other. We need these texts. We need this meal to remind us of generosity and gratitude. Here we come to learn a different message, to renew a commitment beyond ourselves to the common good, the health of the earth, the flourishing of all people, not just those in our country, those in our race, those in our political party, those in our tribe. What we learn here goes so much against the myth of entitlement that just seeps everywhere. What if our lives were demanded of us this night? Sweet mortality. Our bodies the earth, the ecosystem, all so fragile. Yet if you're like me, we cling to non-essentials. We worry what people think of us, our reputation, how we look, how much money we make. It can seem nearly impossible to go against the grain and not define ourselves in these ways. Jesus warns about being rich in possessions, but not rich toward God. But hey, that sounds awful spiritual. What does that even mean? Be rich toward God. You know, I'm not sure. Maybe just struggling with that is enough for today and the days to come. So if we turn to Colossians, we're advised to put to death greed, which the author calls idolatry. But what if we turn to Hosea, a reading we barely know anything about? As you know, last week was Vicar Noah's final Sunday. He had a lot to say in his sermon. And before church, he apologized to me that he wasn't going to deal with Hosea reading and its troubling opening line, go marry a prostitute. Or as usually translated, Go take for yourself a wife of whoredom. What? <laughs> Weird stuff. Actually, Hosea is about the Israelites going after marrying, really, other gods, idols. Oh, that's not us, you say. We don't worship strange gods. Oh, really? Have you ever looked at all of us and our addictions? The gods of money? The god of possessions? Substances? The iPhones that some of us sleep with? The god of more? The god of excess? The god of consumption without regard for the land and the environment? 
As many theologians say, whatever is most important to you is your small g, God. The good news for today, though, and we need some with our world and with all that has come before, the good news is surprisingly in Hosea as well. One scholar called today's passage the strongest message of grace in the entire Hebrew scriptures. Oh, my people, God says to the Israelites. Oh, my people, God says to you. Despite your unfaithfulness, I take you in my arms. I lead you with kindness, with bands of love. I bend over and feed you. How can I hand you over? I will not execute my anger, God says. My compassion grows warm and tender. Dear people of God, each Lord's Day we gather around the stuff of creation. Water, bread, wine, oil, human bodies, gifts of God for the people of God. And we hear good news. You are of great worth. You are of great worth. God's mercy and God's forgiveness are for you and all people. Good stuff. And that is what makes you rich. <laughs>